Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode 144 of Chesney Unchained as we preview the Super Bowl coming up between the Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals and talk about so much more, of course, going on with the National Football League. Uh, I'm your host, Matt McChesney, as usual. Uh, after today's show, we're going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus as we reevaluate uh, McChesney Unchained and so much more down at DNVR. So just want to give a big thanks to everybody that does don't download the show and everybody that does uh listen to it on a weekly basis uh sorry we couldn't give you more but hopefully we come back down the road but one never knows so uh, today's the last show for a while and then uh, we will reevaluate and figure it all out um remember to go to at six zero academy on twitter and instagram and follow everything we do down here at six zero football academy and then also at dnvr unchained on twitter to follow the show uh and we'll be posting that today at some point uh, Super Bowl is coming up this Sunday. Uh, Cincinnati and the Rams square off. Uh, I'm really excited about the game. I think that it has a lot of potential to be a, a really good one. And uh, we will dive into that uh, a little bit later in the show. But first and foremost, I want to talk about some of the uh, quarterback carousel things that we're seeing in the National Football League right now. And the potential of maybe Aaron Rodgers becoming uh the quarterback here in denver i know there's a lot of talk about that out there a lot of speculation a lot of people who seem to think that that's a done deal i i i hope it is um, i mean that would be pretty incredible um this narrative that somehow aaron Rodgers is afraid to compete uh at the the level that uh mahomes and justin herbert and Carr have set in the afc west is ludicrous uh anybody who thinks that he wants to to stay in Green Bay still. I think that he's done with the cold weather and done with the four-degree playoff games, although he could get one of those here. Um, I, I don't know. I just There's something about Aaron Rodgers and, and this whole situation that tells me that he wants out, uh, other than him just saying it, of course. But look, I, Aaron Rodgers is not a end-all, be-all, you know, let's make sure we win the Super Bowl 
guy. Like, he's just not. Like, he's definitely going to get you to the playoffs, and he's going to give you great numbers, and the regular season is going to be outstanding. But in the playoffs, and especially in NFC title games, Aaron Rodgers is dog shit, and he's been bad, and he was awful this year. Uh, he, he let Jimmy Garoppolo outplay him at home. He lost last year in the NFC title game, again, to Tom Brady, but still he lost. He's lost to Russell Wilson in the NFC title game. He's lost multiple uh, playoff games where his team and, and he are the better team and the better player, uh, which kind of gives me a little bit of pause when we're talking about bringing him to Denver because of the potential pitfalls in the AFC and, and the, the playoff matchup. So, yes, I would love Aaron Rodgers to be the quarterback here in the future. Uh, obviously, hiring Hackett is a step in the right direction if you want to bag that guy. Um, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't know where I stand on the leveraging multiple first round picks and Jerry Judy for Aaron Rodgers at this point. Um, I don't care about trading Jerry Judy. You know, he had no touchdowns last year and really underachieved, but if you're going to leverage your future, then hopefully the future has a Lombardi trophy in it and Aaron Rodgers can come here and win one. Uh, now, all that said, it seems like Kyler Murray is pretty discouraged with Arizona as he's wiped his social media feet clean and doesn't want to be involved with them anymore. And he either wants a contract extension or a trade. Um, so there, there are a lot of quarterbacks that could be moving this offseason. Russell Wilson's another one. And Ryan Clark came out and said he doesn't think Russell Wilson is a, a bona fide superstar quarterback. And I'm not saying I agree with him, but I'm not saying I disagree with him either. When he had a dominant running game and a great defense, he was really, really good. Uh, when he has to do everything by himself, the Seahawks are decent at best. So I guess this all comes down to, as Bronco fans in Broncos country, do you want Aaron Rodgers or do you want the ninth pick to go to Pickett or Wynn or one of these other guys? I personally don't want another young quarterback uh, in, in the room. Drew Locke's already there um, on contract, and, and there's no reason to move him. He can be your backup, and we can keep developing him to see if he can step in and win you a game or two if, if need be. Um, but if you're going to swing for the fences, obviously Aaron Rodgers makes sense. Uh, it is a trade, though, so you know everybody has to be on the same page. If he doesn't like it, I'm sure he can kind of dictate the terms of it. But at the same time, he, he could end up somewhere he doesn't necessarily want to go. So that is a very intriguing uh, situation to me. Um, with Russell Wilson, the Kyler Murrays, you know, guys like that that are also going to be moving. I would hope that Denver can scrap up enough to get at least one of them um, if that's the route we're going to take. So I guess we will see there, but neither here nor there. It's, it's going to be a very interesting offseason uh, in Broncos country, to say the least. So moving forward here on McChesney Unchained, um, I just want to talk about NFL head coaches for a minute here. Uh, there's a lot of, lot of movement, a lot of guys getting fired, a lot of guys getting hired. You know, Flores and his lawsuit against the Broncos and Dolphins and the NFL, essentially, and Hugh Jackson and, you know, the, the Rooney rule and everything else. First of all, I always thought the Rooney rule was a was a sham. Like, it's, you know, it's, in my opinion, after being in locker rooms as long as I have and being a player as long as I, as I was and being immersed in the football community after my career was over, I I don't know if there's as many players and coaches that look 
at the color of someone's skin as the public thinks. I think that it's just comes down to whether or not they want the traits that the individual brings as a coach or not. I don't think that the skin color has really a lot to do with it. Now I'm a white guy saying that. So of course I could piss somebody off and be wrong, but it's just my opinion. Um, I think that there's a lot of owners and GMs that hire based on trends and this West coast offense trend and the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan tree is trendy right now. And Kevin O'Connell just got a job and Mike McDaniel who's never played football in his life and went to Yale and is a little eccentric. Uh, he, he just got the Miami job and uh, you know, apparently Mike McDaniel is, is a half black guy. So I mean, who gives a shit? He's a head coach and that's great. Lovey Smith, old, old father time, gets a gets a one-year deal down in Houston. They just fired Cully at 66 years old to hire Lovey Smith at 63. I think that that franchise is literally just treading water until they figure out what's going on with Sean Lawson. Um, if you look around the National Football League, though, I'd be very interested to see the amount of – if you just – every coach in the NFL, and then, you know, are they white, black? Latino, whatever. And then maybe that can give some clarity on why there's more white head coaches than black head coaches. I'm not really sure. Uh, I don't, I don't know the reasoning behind it. I think that the Rooney rule doesn't necessarily help the situation, although it was there to set up, it was set up for uh, the minority coaches to get a, a fair shake, but it's turned into a sham, which is why Flores and Hugh Jackson and guys of that nature are, taking legal action against the national football league. So all that said, all that said, when you're looking at the, the NFL and the future of the, the national football league, I think it's very healthy. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's, I'd say it's 75, 80% African-American from the player base. Um, but it's, there's, I would guess there's more white coaches there's definitely more white head coaches. There's more white coaches, more white GMs, and probably more white assistant coaches than there are African-American coaches. And I don't know if that's just because of coaching ranks or the good old boy, you know, uh, atmosphere that is promoted in the NFL, where if you're the friend of a friend, you're getting the job maybe over a guy who is better suited to have that position. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think that a lot of the, if you look at like Hackett now getting the job in Denver, his defensive coordinator was his best man in his wedding and they played together at UC Davis. So that's what I'm talking about with the good old boy uh, institution and, you know, hiring your friends and guys of that nature, guys that you know, guys that you trust. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's what the world is. I mean, everybody in the world that gets anywhere is because of the connection, whether you're at DNVR or, the fan or altitude sports radio or the Denver fucking Broncos or university of Colorado. It's usually because you know, somebody it's not necessarily always because you're the best guy for the job. So, and that that's just the way it is. So I, I don't necessarily think that it's a negative, um, but I don't know how much of a positive it, it is either. So that's a, that's a, a mountain that's always going to be climbed. This conversation is never going to go anywhere. Um, it, for, for every time a, an African-American head coach gets hired, a, another one gets fired because that's just the way the coaching carousel works. So, look, I, 
I, in my opinion, you should just try and hire the best guy that's suited for the job. If you don't like him, it, hopefully it's because the guy's not good at his job and has nothing to do with his race, ethnicity, or religion. Uh, I'm not saying it's not part of it. I guarantee you there's some old racist assholes in the NFL that own teams uh, that just do a good job of covering it up. But, you know, as, as time goes on, that will those guys will be weeded out, that entire generation of guys from Stephen Ross on. And we'll be dead and gone. That's just the way it works. So we'll see what happens with all of this, but this is going to continue to be a problem uh, for the National Football League and for the optics of the National Football League as we move forward uh, throughout throughout the, the next 10, 15, 20 years of the NFL. Okay, moving forward here, episode 144, McChesney Unchained, uh, the Super Bowl edition. Um, so let's get into this. Cincinnati and the Rams kick off Sunday afternoon, 425 Eastern. Uh, I'm super pumped to, to watch this game. I think that, you know, Joe Burrow showing his moxie this year with his first full season after last year getting his ACL torn by Chase Young in Washington, um, coming back healthy this year, playing the way he did, getting better each week, you know, bringing along his young skill players really leading that football team, making a very average offensive line look pretty good at times, uh, even against Tennessee, giving up nine sacks and still winning that game, uh, going on the road to Kansas City, being down, coming back, winning that game. Um, he just shows everything that you need and want out of a young quarterback. It's one of the reasons I've been talking about the Broncos just maybe sucking severely one year just to do it so they can get a first, the first or second pick in the draft and get a guy like this rather than having to pick ninth or pick 15th or 19th or 20th or whatever. So on the other side of the fence, you've got Matt Stafford, who the first year he's out of purgatory in Detroit, he's in the Super Bowl. It, it just, if you're a Lion fan, like you had that potential the entire time and you can't figure out a way to win a playoff game. So that's, that just tells you about that franchise and how much of a fucking disaster it is and truly is just an absolute roadkill disaster up there in Detroit. Um, but neither here nor there, you know, he, he's played his ass off in the playoffs. He's taking care of the football. You know, he was very aloof with it at the end of the season, throwing a lot of interceptions and he cut down on that. They had to come back in the AFC or in the NFC title game to beat. There are tribal in San Francisco who was up by 10 and who had beat him six times in a row. And he did it. And he's doing it without Woods. And Beckham has stepped in and been really, really good. Cooper Cup won the triple crown for receiving with yards, touchdowns, and receptions this year, which is pretty awesome. A one double A receiver with no stars coming out of high school, uh, who is now the best receiver in football. And really, I think the key to this entire game, and from a betting standpoint, I took the Rams, I took the over. Uh, and then my four touchdown scores are the Rams defense, uh, Mixon, Chase, and Cup. So all that parlayed together will be a nice little payday if it hits. Um, that said, when you're looking at the Rams here, their defensive front, the acquisition of big, of, of big game Von Miller and Aaron Donald, and two weeks to get ready for this offensive line, I don't know if Cincinnati can max protect and win, and I don't know if Cincinnati can not max protect and win. So I think that the biggest precursor for success in this football game is whether or not the offensive line from the Bengals is going to be able to contain the incredibly aggressive, incredibly talented defensive line and pass rush from the Rams. 
I don't know if, if how many draws they're going to run, how many screens they're going to run, trying to make these guys get out and run sideline to sideline, try and win them down a little bit so their first step isn't as vicious. If they try and line up five on five or five on four with Roger Louie, base 60 protections, and try and block Vaughn and, and Aaron Donald one-on-one, I'd anticipate the Rams putting Vaughn and AD on the same side and a lot of under fronts. The whole point of an under front is to isolate your pass rush players because the slide is going away to Floyd. Um, when you three man it away from those two and they're isolated one-on-one, uh, they, they usually eat and that's not a very good thing for the, the quarterback. So the Bengals can try and scheme this as much as they want. But they don't have the horses in my opinion to stand up against Aaron Donald and Von Miller and guys of that nature. I think Jalen Ramsey is going to be able, you know, he called out Jamar Chase uh, in the press conference and said he was going to lock his ass down. And I'd imagine he will. I'd imagine they'll walk him to Jamar Chase the whole game and say, look, make this, make this rookie's life a living hell and show him, you know, what Super Bowl play is. Um, so this is a massive opportunity for the Rams to solidify greatness here and validate the moves that they made, you know, the, the McVay and, and the, the organization there put all their stock in the, in the present. They traded their future to win these games and it might be the way to go. Honestly, I, I always wondered why teams didn't go out to try and, and bag more veteran players, uh, knowing that the vet is going to have more value than some rookie you got to develop, uh, you know, so, trading away all their first round picks, but getting Von Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. And, you know, God knows how many other guys that they brought in. Sony Michelle, they've got a very veteran football team. And the foundation of the team was relatively strong before they brought in all these guys. They were, they were good anyway. So, you know, Matt Stafford, obviously trading the, trading the world to get him including Jared Goff, who was number one overall pick. So at 35 years old, Sean McVay, might be might be coaching for his philosophy and his legacy right now. You go out and lose this game, one that you're favored to win, whereas the last time the Rams went to the Super Bowl and lost 13-3 to to the Patriots, they were not favored to win. Um, they didn't play well in that game. Belichick really bullied McVay and, and beat him up, and his scheme obviously won out, and Brady made plays at the end of the game. I don't think that happens in this game. I think it's going to be high scoring, and the only way Cincinnati has a shot is to go out there and let Joe Burrow eat and let him get his both his playmakers and keep him upright and, and, you know, make it a Burrow versus Stafford game, you know, match possession for possession. So when we're talking about legacies here, not only is there quarterback legacy on the line, but there's definitely coaching legacy on the line. So I think that the, the, the Cincinnati coach uh, has done enough to just solidify his job there for the next 10 years. I mean, even if they don't make it back to the Super Bowl, although the expectations will be high. Um, McVay on the other side, if he figures out a way to lose this game or doesn't coach well or his team doesn't play well, there's going to be a very, very strong push that he's not a big game coach, which I don't know if that's true or not. But I, I do know that this is a great opportunity for him to hoist a trophy at home, at his home stadium, the same way Tampa did last year, and to – really try and validate everything that he's done up to this point as a coach from the moves he makes to the way he runs his practices, the way he runs the franchise, so on and so forth. So I think the Rams win the game. Um, I think it will be closer than, than a lot of people expect. And, and Joe Burrow will, will be there, you know, in the end, maybe to drive to, to try and win it. But 
I, I think that there's just too much defense in L.A. The pass rush is going to be ferocious. And when Von Miller's on one, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Von Miller or Aaron Donald is the MVP of the, of the Super Bowl because of the opportunity they have with just being so much better than the offensive linemen they're playing against. So Vaughn and Floyd on the two tackles is, I mean, I'm looking at it the same way I looked at the Carolina Super Bowl when you had Ware and Vaughn on those two tackles. Like those poor sons of bitches, they're going to have a long three hours. The interior trying to block Aaron Donald one-on-one is not going to work. I mean, it's just not going to work. And the way that they blitz and the way that they make sure that Aaron Donald is a one-on-one a lot just by scheme and the way that they line him up, it just it, it maximizes him as a player. So not only are you going to get the best version of those guys playing in the biggest game, and Aaron Donald's already lost the Super Bowl. He doesn't want to lose another one. This, this is one of those opportunities now for this team to really step forward and, and step into the, you know, the, the upper echelon of, of greatness and see if they can go on a dynasty run here, win another one next year. So this game has all the ingredients you're looking for. Cincinnati's come out of nowhere to get into the Super Bowl. The Rams, most people like the Rams out of the NFC this year. Uh, I thought that they would win the West. I did not pick them to go to the Super Bowl, but they're there. Um, so, it, it, look, everything that you're looking for this Sunday is right in front of you. I hope that you enjoy the game with your family uh, and, and your friends, and you can just enjoy it for what it is. Um, I, I, I love the halftime show. I mean, that's the era of music I grew up in. So, you know, I, unless somebody dropped some motherfucker on national TV or whatever, an end bomb or something, I don't think that that has any chance of going south. That's going to be a pretty kick-ass halftime show. A lot better than like Maroon 5 or Janet fucking Jackson or whoever else they parade out there. At least they've got a little bit of swag this year in the halftime show. So uh, I'm very eager to watch the game. I think it would be a good one. Uh, and, you know, before we head off here and, and, and take a little bit of a break here with Jesse and Chain, just want to say thank you to everybody down at DNVR for all that they do and producing the show and whatnot. And uh, I hope it's not the end of an era, but I don't make those decisions. So this is Matt McChesney uh, signing off here on McChesney Unchained, 144 episodes now. Uh, we'll keep you posted on what's going on in the future, obviously. Uh, and uh, I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. And thank you to everybody at DMVR for all that they do. So thanks, folks. Have a good day.